Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Heard around the world on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue. And Joe Grande. Hello, welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name's Lou, alongside me is Mr. Joe Grande, and you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show on the planet. That's right, thank you guys all for listening to our podcast all around the world, Cannabis Talk 101. Make sure you check out our website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we are the world's number one source for everything cannabis, with so many great articles and blogs on there for you to read. And make sure you give us a call sometime and just say hello, 1-800-420-1980. That's right, check out the IG pages at Cannabis Talk 101. My brother right here is at one Christopher Wright. Hello. And I am at Joe Grande 52. And if you want to turn your typical into something special, now when it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Visit the website LoranOils.com. Our guest today, you know what? The soldier comes through again. Mr. Badass. Was he in was, AKA was, Brian Buckley? Was he was he in the Cannabis Talk magazine? No. Make sure you check out the magazine Cannabis Talk 101 at cannabistalkmagazine.com. And <laughs> he really was. But keep reminding but, Joe. But, but Brian needs to in. be in there. Well, I don't know why. We got to do a feature on you, Brian. Yeah. All right, I'm down. Uh, let's do it. No, really, we yeah. really do because of all the things you've done. It, it's just it, I literally found myself talking about you this morning to another uh, conversation I was having, which is left field, and then not even realizing that you were going to be here today bringing somebody with you. So this guest today, you guys. He was talking to himself. Literally. (laughs) Getting fired up in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) All alone. I was alone in my room staring at candles. (laughs) Going, Brian Buckley, Brian Buckley, he's a badass. What would Brian do right now? What would he do? Yeah, not what would Jesus do. Work out, Joe. Do some more push-ups, you fat bastard. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. But this guy, Blue, came all the way from the land down under, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. He brought a crocodile with him as well, but he's left it in the car, thank God. Matthew John Page, the co-owner and founder of Good Vibes, Inc., My Broken Soldier, Hope by Cloud, and Emerald Perspective. He is a cannabis and veteran advocacy and software house that he has. I love what I read on the IG for My Broken Soldier on that IG page. It says MBS, which is My Broken Soldier, is our journey. We are the voice for the unseen, the broken 
the sufferers of PTSD and all it touches. Now, Matthew has his MBA focusing on entrepreneurship in the cannabis industry. So he's a smarty pants as well as a soldier because, you know, if he's rolling around with Brian Buckley, he's been doing his thing. He actually served eight years in the Australian Defense Force, which I want to break down how the Australian has all their Army, Navy, Air Mm -hmm. Force, Marines, because I don't even know what Defense Force actually means. But after a career ending accident, which we'll get into you and uh, following years fighting the VA, and being savagely medicated like so many of our veterans get as well. It looks like they're doing the same thing in Australia. Cannabis finally improved his collective situation. Please welcome all the way from the land down under you guys, Matthew John Page, one of Mr. Badass's friend, Brian Buckley. Boom. Matthew, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Yeah, outstanding. Give it to him. Give it to him. So did you really bring a crocodile? Because somebody told me they seen a crocodile out front and to hide Teddy. It's Dundee. Yeah, if there's a crocodile out there, I might go do some wrestling out there, I think. (laughs) Have a bit of fun. So, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on. There's so many questions I want to ask and so many things that you're doing. But a little bit about you before we just dive into it. You're obviously from Australia. Tell us about yourself. Correct. Um, So I'm the father of uh, five daughters. Wow, Um, that's a a heavy household. Amazing wife who takes good care of me which i'm really stoked about um at the moment the p- portion of my life that, that i'm at is um largely centered around veteran advocacy looking towards the cannabis industry because obviously it's a, a massive industry and it's a benefit to a lot of people so at the moment we're trying to work on you know licensing factors in australia so it's really prohibitive there but we're still working towards trying to get that so we can get good vibes inc launched um and hopefully get more cannabis into hands of veterans as well and um i think you know for me it's been a game changer absolute game changer and and i wouldn't look back i'd i'd gladly offer this instead of something a bag of pills or alcohol well yeah and you said the va uh, as i read put you on a bunch of cocktails that had you all messed up what did they put you on that led you to find cannabis and how did that change your regimen yeah cool um so the va by the time i i'd gone through the whole process and, and they'd assessed me and everything like that. I think I had like 15 different prescriptions, uppers, downers, mood stabilizers, sedatives, um, anti-epileptics, because um, a career-ending accident left me with um, epilepsy as well. So all those things and, you know, most of them build up a toxicity level. So then you can't eat, you don't feel great. And then by the time you've managed to get to eat, there's nothing left of you because you've just faded away. So once I had gone through that pathway and you know you had moments there where you're literally sitting there drooling things like that um you you're not really in the moment so i just got to the point where i said you know what fuck this sorry um it's okay um i've got to do something better let's try weed and haven't looked back honestly like sleep for me was you know difficult to grasp like you you get a little bit but it was slippery let's Um, let's run it back a little bit and and talk about you know where, what high school did you go to? What and then and then how'd you end up in the military? And what yep. what forces you, you you? And thank you for your services in your yep. country and everything else. So well, I don't know if we ever go to war to Australia. We don't want to thank him yet. So you know, <laughs> we're not an American. <laughs> Are they on the list? <laughs> you never know. Ryan, do we thank him? What, what's know. the proper protocol? Do I didn't thank him at the beginning? Going, do I thank him? Uh, uh, thank you him you thank him, but you keep your eye on him. You, Ryan, you just uh, never know. Things might go yeah. south. Yeah, right. Because literally, especially the way it's going at the moment, you never know. Like. China's pretty close neighbor, probably closer than you guys. So I was going to say, you got a handful of that one. (laughs) You guys guys are looking at possibly going to war with China? Oh, we don't want to be, but um, I think 
is possibly an inevitability. I mean, I think they're already probably controlling large portions of our financial system. So us here you know. too. I yeah. mean, same yeah. thing. Just keep your eyes out for balloons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's up with that? The balloon. What is that? Uh, yeah. We can get into that. That's a whole story. Like, We're gonna probably yeah, have to get into say, that because, as a... you say that, I need to pick your brain about it because you're the guy that's gonna know and have some <laughs> insights. But yeah, as Blue said, you're yeah. from there, high school. How was yeah. growing up? How'd you get to the military? Yeah, cool. So um, I had a pretty sort of standard life um, growing up. Like there was a few um, issues with folks and some some negative aspects, but that's that's all behind me now anyway. Um, but, you know, went to a standard high school, King Gumbo High School, which is on the central coast, just north of Sydney. Um, spent a lot of time sort of just aimlessly wandering during that time, like not really turning up to classes, not really doing good work. Um, so then eventually got out of that, um, out of school and just went straight into the workforce and started getting focused. Um, that pulled me into a really um, life-changing experience, which was I actually met my now current wife. So I was 19, just left school. Um, and suddenly I met my wife and she's got two daughters from a previous marriage. So I'm an instant dad. Um, at that point there, I was like, I got to get my stuff together because there's a lot of things relying on this. So I'm like, what's, what's a good option for me? Military defense force. Yeah. Like, it's a no brainer. I've got family members that served before me. It was always on the cards when I was in high school as an option. Um, something that I was interested in looking at and um, yeah one thing led to another and I decided to go you know what this is worth it this is worthwhile doing so I felt strongly enough about it so I signed the paperwork and yeah sure enough got went, enlisted went to the what, what, what kind of forces was it so I'm an army I'm defense in the force? army yeah oh, defense force. the ADF because ADF, technically we don't have a the idea is it's a defense force versus a traditional military where you'd be going out and trying to seize and hold ground elsewhere so it's labelled or badged the Defence Force because that's entirely its primary role is Defence of Australia. Well, and how is the defence, how is the military structure in Australia? Like here we have Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines. Yep. What do National you guys Guard. have? Yeah, so we're just broken down to three branches. Um, we've got the Army, obviously. Um, we've got a Navy and we've got Air Force. That's about it for us. Okay. Who's the badasses? The Army, of course. Nice. All day. But they, they do Army. love them some Marines down in Australia. Yeah. Oh, really? They still remember World War II. Like, guys will be like, dude, you're coming up on the boats, and like tennis balls with phone numbers are coming up. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> love American Marines over there. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, we were the ones who had to go over there essentially when everything was going south, well, and they, the Marines they, were doing they, on the island half the campaign to defend uh, Australia. They also love Hispanics and blacks out there, the girls. <laughs> they certainly do, man. I was out there. I was like, yeah, they That's love right. You did your tour out there. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, man. I was just like getting pawed everywhere. People walking by like, you're not from here. You're yeah. not from here. Peanuts just flavor. walked in the building, man. There you Peanuts go. in the yeah. building. Oh, boy. Watch <laughs> out, folks. Let me ask you, Matt, and uh, I hope this doesn't offend, but what was your injury? Yeah, so um, it was an armored vehicle accident, um, and I guess, kind of unfortunately, it was on home soil. So we were uh, we were conducting um, training operations for OCS candidates, like general gentlemen who were going through their um, first modules of their um, subaltern class, and so we were on the ranges doing that at night time. Essentially, one of the things we try and do with our cav world, which is where I come from, armored vehicles movement like that, um, is we try and sort of put a senior commander as in the person who's running the car um, with a, a less experienced driver and vice versa. So that way you've kind of got like that old knowledge there going just to back up because new commanders aren't as confident. You know, old commanders can really handle a new driver and get him working the way he's supposed to. So 
for me, I was um, troop sergeant at the time of the training exercise. And so we're going into a night hide to set an ambush, drive in, set the ambush, carry out the operation and then go to withdraw. So because I'm acting troop sergeant, I'm tail end Charlie. So I'm the last man on the, on the line. As everybody else is coming out, I'm making sure that there's nothing else left. We're good, we're sweet, we're clean. Because it's a nighttime move, everything's under NVG, night vision goggles or um, glasses. And what we're looking at there is we're trailing the, behind the vehicles in front of us using uh, what we call blackout lights. And it's just a speck of light, just a tiny speck of light just to illuminate if it gets blocked out by the, um, I guess, just the terrain around it. Sometimes things blend in a little bit when you're under night vision. So from there, uh, my driver, who I'd say he's, um, in, he's, he's def definitely was developmentally delayed. Um, but he'd been a long-time soldier, so he was almost like a, a queen. Like delayed in life or delayed as a soldier? Like, what are you saying? Now? No, delayed, delayed in life. Oh. He just he, he was um, an older gentleman too, but he just never found his feet. He just kicked around the army for like 15, 20 years and sort of never progressed past private, never sort of got any courses done or anything like that. He was just there. Um, so he was my driver for the night. And unfortunately, he hadn't set up his um, night fighting equipment correctly, and so all of a sudden he couldn't visually see anything and was expecting me to give him a left stick right stick sort of give him guidance as to whether he's going left or right he had no clue and i'm trying to converse with him going mate we need to start hurrying up here because we're we're drifting we're like right back off this um this packet of vehicles and so sure enough he just plants it without any concept or thought of the fact that who was going to steer and how do we know what's going on in front of us so the ranges down at Pakapunyal, where we were training out of, um, where the School of Armour is, essentially the grass grows about three, four feet high, and there's a lot of um, re-entrance and riverbeds. So at a probably about, we'd call it, oh, cross-country speed would have been about 40 kilometres an hour, um, plus 40, 50. And then old John decided to put the pedal down a little bit, and then sure enough, we get straight into a riverbed. I get picked up slammed into a crow's weapon station on the top there smashed up my helmet um and that's yeah that's all she wrote pretty much yeah. from there you know you're trying to sort of reset and go but yeah yeah that's a tragedy how many times does that happen in the military it, i mean it, you got to realize like i mean we've seen stuff here at camp yeah. Hilton of you <clears throat> know. no we had a pretty bad incident i was in recon at the time and we were out out of 29 palms and just a humvee armored humvee so it's almost like a tank on wheels right it flipped Somehow the guy in the uh, turn, uh, he just basically jumped out, and that vehicle would have crushed him if he didn't get out. I mean, he was just the luckiest guy in the world that night. And then we had it happen in Iraq one time. We were just northwest of the city of Fallujah going down this route called North and South Angels Road, and in between the North and South Angels was this canal, which was probably the size of one and a half Humvees lengthwise. And yeah, the, the one, Yeah, the one driver, he made a turn and just basically got crushed by light, and it's all sandy and all that stuff missed it he flipped and luckily the vehicle landed wheels down so everyone could swim out if it didn't they're all trapped and they're wow. done wow so these things can happen because it's like a lot of times we armored up these vehicles and they weren't made to have that much weight on them and they try to repurpose them and everything but they're kind of like top heavy and awkward and you can, can get some rolls if you take a turn too tight Wow. That's got to be just, uh, you know, it's part of the gig, though, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, look, what do you want to do? You want to have a light vehicle when people are shooting at you? You want some armor on it. I mean, you, you know, there's risk and gain yeah, on everything. We'll so. take the armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a no-brainer. And, yeah. and how did you guys, well, we're going to take a break real quick, and we're going to come back, and I'm just so curious. And by the way, what a 
unfortunate but great story of hearing how crazy shit gets even when you're just practicing, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You can get let go or have to be released because of a normal day at the office yeah. yep. and things go bad. But uh, when we come back, I want to know how you hooked up with HBGC because these guys have been doing so many great things for veterans. You're doing so many great things for veterans out there in Australia. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this break. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. The Bear Flag Group is your white label partners, you guys. They are known to be on time, accurate, and do quality co packaging. They have been launching brands in California since 2015. And at the Bear Flag Group, they do what they say they're going to do. Go check them out online at bearflaggroup.com. It was great to hang out with them guys in Arizona. So, Brian Buckley, Mr. Badass from the Hemeril Valley Growers is bringing guys from Australia, the Defense Force. Matt, how do you from Australia connect with another veteran out here in the States that's helping veterans do exactly what you're doing, it seems like anyways, in Australia? Yeah, so it's a, it's kind of an unexpected um, connection that we made was uh, simple as we've got some business partners up in Ventura, um, me and Christine who own Emerald Perspective up there, um, and they, helped us out by getting us some tickets to Hall of Flowers because we're part of their business as well. So that was a great opportunity for us given the fact that we're sort of right on the precipice of getting some, you know, really good options as far as weed goes down in Australia. So from that perspective there, we were like, cool, no brainer. Let's go over there. Let's see how it's done. You guys have been doing it for that long that you guys know exactly what you're doing, what equipment you need to build, what's the best way to extract all the stuff, um, nutrients, everything. You guys are writing the book on it pretty much as far as we're concerned down there. 
Um, so from there, what basically we did was we took a, um, a tour of the facility and everything like that, made some good connections. And then we noticed on the, um, noticed on the schedule, there was a, a, like a fireside chat um, moderated by Etienne. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then yourself and then um, Mr. George, Sadler George Sadler as well. from uh, Gelato. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was a really, really cool um, little fireside chat and question session and things like that. Got a lot of good information as well as just sort of getting an understanding of where people's hearts lie as far as what we're trying to do here. And, you know, what, what Brian was talking about resonated almost identically with what me and my wife are trying to pursue down there is just like, guys, we've got to do better. We can do weed is better than alcohol every day of the week for us veterans like you know vice is our problem you know weed's going to take care of a lot of that sort of stuff so you know for us it's a no-brainer there we're like we've got to get over there and see him at his um store and so we over there and chewed his ear off for about half an hour or so while he's probably like i'm done talking to people i need to go home but um that's what he said he actually texted me about that that day no i'm just yeah kidding. i was like man i'm just <laughs> dragging on forever i gotta this go fucking home guy from australia won't stop no, i'm just kidding keep saying good day to me and everything <laughs> yeah exactly so um and you know in since then too brian's hooked me up with the vac i've been you know learning so much from those guys there's just a, a wealth of information on yeah. how to try and get things through you know how to you know contact your local um, representatives and stuff like that better ways to do things but they also splice in this really great option of like what's internationally going on right now mm -hmm. um and there's a, there's a couple of guys there that are really really switched on that stuff as far as the un and things like that yeah we've had uh, michael krowitz who's been on this show and he, he came on and started talking with him more about what he's doing in the UN and everything. And, you know, what find, we find so, I don't know if you want to say amazing. I mean, we've all been to war. Obviously, he's about as far as away as you can get from America. But we all suffer the same thing. And cannabis is helping all of us. I mean, we're all human beings. And we're seeing what the plant is doing for us, all serving in different types of militaries, different countries. And again, we're hitting all these walls of, no, no, just opiates. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. So we just really wanted to bring Matt into the Veterans Action Council. It's an international thing and just have conversations and see how we can help out. And again, just advise him on little things that we do here, things we're doing internationally. Could that help out the Australian program to take care of some of them? Because Australia is one of our closest allies. I mean, we share a lot of information with them and they share vice versa. So it's just a really special kind of friendship. And that being said, how is cannabis looked at? I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, I know they have the, a lot of events out there. Where I, I've been in contact with a, a couple brands out there trying to get them on the show. But what's the vibe like in Australia with right. cannabis right now? Yeah, so the vibe currently is, I think, overwhelmingly people are starting to switch over and say, this is an option. Like, this is an option for us to recreate, be recreational with. This is an option for us medicinally. There's a lot of options there that... that you know, can benefit people in Australia. And I think slowly but surely it's starting to come to the forefront that Australia is going to be not far behind the US now. So essentially what we're trying to do is get it to the point where we can either have a referendum and get, that's where they put it out so that every person in the nation can sort of vote on it. Um, we've done that before with same-sex marriage and things like that. We're doing it with, um, or they're looking to do that with a um, indigenous person's voice in parliament. So to acknowledge our First Nations people. Um, and so from that perspective there, like it, it just it just seemed to, um, sorry guys, brain. Do you think it's gonna go legal? 
Yes, sorry, thank you. Thank That's you. where uh, you were going, yeah. Yeah, I was going, yeah. So the essentially, I think within two years, I'd expect it to be recreationally legal. Um, it's already medicinally Me- yeah, legal. Yeah, medicinally legal there yeah. is what I've gathered, right? Correct. So, so is it medicinally legal all throughout Australia or just part of the Australia? Because it's a big, that's big. Australia's pretty big. Yeah, we've got the, pretty much the same land mass as um, the United States, mm-hmm. but we've got, you know, maybe LA's population. Yeah, <laughs> <So>, exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, there's plenty of space out there. But, um, you know, as far as, as far as the medicinal side of things go, I think just about every state and territory has an allowance for that. Um, there's still a lot of gray area as in, you know, where's your doctor who's prescribing this to you and where are you located? And then where's the pharmacy? Because the whole system is built around the pharmacy model. So you have to actually get a script from your doctor, then it gets filled by a pharmacy and that either you pick it up or it gets mailed to you. So you can actually, so they're mailing it. That's a good, yes. that's a good sign. Yeah. That's, yeah, different. that's a huge sign. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've got a ting, 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 ting. Um, He'll have to cut that out. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, the, the <clears throat> excuse me, the, the actual thought process of, of, you know, what's happening out there. Do you guys have um, doctors? Are they just pretty easily giving the scripts away? Or is this something that is very difficult that have to have, you know, history of, of medical conditions? Or is it just pretty much, hey, I walk in. Give the doctor 50 I, bucks and I you're good. I need some weed, yeah. yeah. Um, look, there are those clinics starting to pop up now. Um, where pretty much you walk in and, and, you know, if you've got a boo-boo, you're going to get some weed. Yeah. Um, but then there's, you know, there is some good practices and there are the larger companies who are doing grow operations and things like that are starting to put together industry standard boards and things like that, which I think is a really positive move because then it starts to give it more legitimacy. You know, we do it with the gaming industry. We do it with the alcohol industry. Now that we've got these companies putting together these standards boards, it's only going to improve the level of care we can give people as far as weed goes. Matt, what's like the apprehension with like your government and going full recreational medical just here? You guys need cannabis, go get it. Yeah, look, it's a tough one. I think, unfortunately for us, we don't put a lot of stock in other countries' research. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, you know, for myself, I've spent a lot of money to try and get myself repaired as far as damage to my body and things like that. Yeah. Because quite simply, you know, certain things that I, I feel confident with, our government or our Department of Veterans or our health um, division doesn't even look at as far as being relevant things. So, for instance, I went to Colombia three years ago now and got stem cell therapy. I haven't looked back. Have not looked back. Improved my tinnitus. Improved my outlook. Wow. Just tremendous. And yet in Australia, like that, they, they, we view ourselves as being the leading edge of everything, and we say that's not good. There's no studies there to prove that. And we're like, the whole world's. Oh, doing that's it. one of the best yeah. things ever. I wish I could afford to go get me some stem cell on my <laughs> ankle and this <laughs> and that. That's been like one of the best things I've ever heard of. God damn. I mean, if, you know, if they told you that you had to, you know, go around and you just like, I don't know, eat minced babies and that'd make you feel better, I'd start thinking about that. Maybe. I don't know. But, right. It, yeah, well, they say that that's uh, adrenochrome, and it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, though, Bill. You're right on that one, unfortunately. That, actually. <laughs> Might have to watch out. You're going to get Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Matt, so you're out there. You, how did you get your medical rec card in Australia? You went to a doctor, and you just had to show them, talk to them about what you did in the military. And did you have to be fully excluded from the military to get it or how, how do you get it when you're still part of the military because i know brian he was still in the military but selling it in the military and nobody knew wow <laughs> wow there goes my benefits right out the window <laughs> he was just selling um, dope on the <laughs> so honey uh we're not gonna get that check <laughs> next month uh, my man joe no, I'm not, I'm just kidding. he never did that <clears> never but, happened um <laughs> but for you guys in australia how does that work for you i mean did you how does it work 
Yeah, so it, as far as um, military service, it's a zero tolerance policy. I mean, it'd be no, it's no different to alcohol on base and things like that. You know, when you're on the job, you're on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and cannabinoids, you know, they're going to stick around your system. So it's a zero tolerance policy as far as that goes. Um, as, as far as it goes to for me to get it, what we looked at doing was um, my, my psychiatrist was actually the one that suggested it to me um, through the medicinal cannabis aspect of it. I'd been smoking for years by that point because I was getting relief from it. In the military? Or? No. No. No, after separation, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's were, I wish you were. I'd love to hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be wild. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, so, yeah, from that perspective, uh, we look to... Sorry, I lost my train of thought again, guys. Your, your therapist, uh, psychiatrist. Right, yes. Okay, so my um, psychiatrist then suggested it for the first time. The difficulty he recognized with um, prescribing was that he had real concerns about the legislation not protecting prescribers. And I thought that's a bit unique. He goes, well, here's the thing. Currently in New South Wales, which is the state I live in, it's a zero tolerance policy on the road. And the views by the police minister at the time was, if you have any aspect of THC in your system, you are compromised. Now, I know if you test most people, if they walk around, they probably can do just about anything they need to do through the day and still have a baseline of, of weed in their system. So we're doing a lot of work there to try and improve that situation. They're starting to look at other sobriety tests that where maybe is an option to see if people are you know, excessively medicated when they're operating vehicles and stuff. Um, so for me, I was able to get a hold of um, another company, a third-party company who is Provocatus in Australia. They're doing some research stuff with um, University of Southern Cross up in Queensland as far as, you know, veterans and, and what we're doing and, and how we find the treatments to be working. So I got on to them. They referred me back to their doctor, which obviously, again, you know, you know Brian, like anything, it's all about the hookup. Yeah. And um, once I got through onto their doctor, he's, he understands the whole process. He understands the VA system. So he's just like, we get you sorted. Don't worry. What are you looking for? What do you need? Start to explain it to him, you know. And for, for me, it was, you know, a shopping list because, you know, every day we do everything with weed. So we eat the leaves in salads or smoothies. We rub the oil on our limbs and stuff like that when after training we're sore and things like that so we're also there consuming the oil we also vaporize or smoke weed um i'm particularly fond of vape pens just because they're super convenient um and so that's how we're sort of generally getting after it doc doc, the doctor pretty much just you know turned to me and said it sounds like you understand what you're after just tell me what you want me to write sure i was like sweet okay i'm gonna need an ounce a month and i'm gonna need some oil Nice. And, and that's how it works there. The doctor will allow you to get what they say. You can't just go and say, hey, I want to get another ounce this week or whatever. I'm a two ounce smoker. Or right. It's, it's very much. It. it seems like it's very much um, similar to the uh, real medication. Like, yeah, like yeah. real medication, which I, I, I actually I love it like. Actually, yeah. too. That's why I'm asking. For, for, exactly, like for the exactly. medicinal side. I mean, for that's the way medi- it should be actually for medicinal. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly think they should, you know, open it up recreational and it should be. Um, you know, a globally transported prop, uh, you know, uh, yeah. product for all of us. But I do believe that, um, you know, if you're going to do it for medical patients, there should be, and, and it should be covered. And, and what should be covered is what that doctor thinks that your actual doses needs to be. 
based on the communication he's had with you, you know, because and go check in because, if you need more. Like if I hadn't needed uh, more pain pills, yeah, hundred percent, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you one thousand percent, and I love the fact that they do that. Is there a limit, like here in the states, right? I can't just co get more and more Norcos. Like, yeah. oh, I want this, I want that. Is there like a one ounce, two ounce limit there, or how does that work? Our oil amounts? I didn't even know they had vape pens out there. Is that they have all that for you guys? Yeah, you can get you can get access to that um, through some of the private companies, and that obviously comes through the um, pharmacy system as well. So the companies grow, send it to their their product to pharmacies, who then control all the aspects of it. Then when your script gets filled, it just gets mailed out to you from there. So we've got a lot of access for stuff and the companies are really trying to move forward i guess where we're sort of holding back a lot there is there's a there's a lot less options for us so if you get you know if you're just getting flour you're just getting a plastic tub full of flour at the time and it's 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 not bad it's not bad i've smoked better um but it certainly does the job at, at in a pinch so but as far as limitations go i haven't been given a limit Right. So for the moment, that's what it is. If I go back and I need some more, I think that's part of the idea behind the um, Southern Cross um, studies is that yeah. that will then give us an idea about what's a relevant dose for a veteran. You know, some guys who are in a lot of pain, they might have a very strong dose, whereas a lot of guys who just need to knock the edge off so that they can keep balanced, you know, it's a very different sort of set of treatments. How, how many, because <clears throat> I mean, you guys been through a lot, obviously. I mean, you've been in Iraq. Did you get yep. up over to Afghanistan yep. at all? Okay, so you've Did been both. Iraq, Afghanistan, all the fun places in the world. How many <laughs> people are, you know, other veterans are consuming cannabis over there and are part of that study? Because I think that's really interesting. Yeah, so I don't have the details on um, how many veterans would be part of the study. Um, but it, I, I, I would say that there's just about probably 60% of um, all veterans are probably at least at some stage partaking just to ease some of their symptoms. Mm. Right. Educate us all, uh, Brian, on when you said that because I'm not aware of the war games that Australia partakes in. Like, I yeah. know we've gone to those places and I'm not aware of how many soldiers in Australia would have the PTSD like I'm aware of for the states so as you said that can you break down the war games that australia has had to play and how many you know yeah. what it looks like yeah i mean when i was in iraq we i didn't see too many australians we were kind of more just by ourselves but definitely in afghanistan because that was more of like a nato type fight where when that happened in 9 11 everyone kind of stepped up for us and went over there so there was literally like it was a cool part of base you'd go through because you see like guys who look like Vikings. They just have like long hair and beards and all jacked up. And you're like, where are those guys from? And they're like, oh, the Netherlands and stuff like that. So it was like <laughs> literally like just walking through the UN or whatever. Uh, but we really started building a big relationship with the Australians and we would actually cross train with them. We would head over there and uh, work with, uh, I think it's like your second recon unit. Yeah. Yeah. So we were okay. over there and we would do stuff with them and they would come over with us and do some training. Um, I'm not sure of the mission sets you guys are doing. We did a lot of work with the uh, British SAS. Yep. Uh, but never did anything with like your Australian SAS or anything like that. But I mean, maybe just enlighten us on what some of the things you guys were doing over there. Yeah. So my role, I was, um, I wasn't anybody, any of our special friends um, or anything like that. Just conventional soldiering, doing conventional things. Um, so for me, um, you know, it was fairly bog standard. You know, I don't have any sort of super high flying sort of 
stories as far as you know really cool stuff dude you're in you're in a combat zone but um (laughs) yeah i was in the park hanging out just yeah yeah. (laughs) it wasn't like you're playing volleyball (laughs) (laughs) sure but i mean largely it was it was simple things simple cavalry ops so you're trying to deny access you're trying to deny freedom of movement you're trying to you know protect infrastructure so you don't want these guys coming over there and starting to take apart you know the the electrical system or something like that or dirtying up clean water or blowing that out you know or blowing up whatever um, but they'll try and do that. And so our job is basically to deny as much as we can um, to them and including the freedom of movement, the freedom to operate financially, whatever we've got to do to get it done. That's what we're trying to do is deny them that, all those things. So yeah. you guys were there with your experience when you've been in <coughs> combat and war, you were, was Australia mostly supporting the United States? Um, or did you guys have your own beef with someone? No, look, we, we were definitely supporting U.S. ops. Um, and it, again, Afghanistan was all NATO-led. So, you know, it's kind of like this, I guess, committee almost, would you say? Well, it was what was so big about what happened in August uh, 2021 when we just left, essentially. Yeah. So they have a thing called Article 5 with NATO, that attack against one, attack against all. And the only time that that was initiated was on September 12th, 2001. NATO said U.S. was attacked. They're part of NATO. We got their back. We're all going to war together. And then we just left them in 2021. That's why a lot of NATO was like, hey, what the fuck? You know, we just bailed. And that's when Joe took over, right? And just pulled everything out. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really like there's two Congress people that went over, one Republican, one Democrat for all of our friends at home keeping score. But they both were like, thank God we went there because it became a diplomatic mission for us where all the other countries are like, dude, what the fuck? You just bailed on us, and we're still here, and we're we like you didn't really tell us what was going on, so it was really bad, and we we just left them high and dry. So it was very frustrating to us, not just to our Afghan allies, but what we did to our NATO allies who went who went there for us. How many, when you say NATO, are there in the in the NATO? Oh boy, Netherlands, Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like the Western countries, and then we pulled in, I think, like Poland, a couple of the Eastern Bloc, and that was kind of one of the things Putin was getting pissed off because Ukraine wanted to come over and be part of NATO, and it was getting a little bit too close to home. So it's pretty much just look at like Western Europe and over uh, along as, uh, out to Australia and everything, and then really it was like called the Warsaw Pact was all the Eastern Bloc Soviet states, and that's kind of how the lives were divided after World War II. Wow, it's always interesting. And, and your product, your, your new project is called, what was it called again? Yeah, so um, the one that we're looking at the moment, uh, specifically looking to start a grow operation called um, Good Vibes Inc. We're sort of trying to rebadge that whole um, sort of peace and love and mung beans sort of situation and make it a little bit more cutting edge, a little bit more sort of, I guess, approachable for guys like us. So um, the plan is there to get through the licensing, the permitting, and then all the rest that we've got to do, and then um, hopefully we'll be able to start cultivating. So, it, it, you know, I, I, I want to ask you about some of the, the grows and how they operate out there. When we come back, it's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this. We'll break. be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Y'all know what time it is, right? Dime time! That's right, dime time. Think higher with Dime Industries. Find them in California, Arizona, and Oklahoma. Check out the website, dimeindustries.com, or on Instagram at dime.industries. I want to thank everybody here that helps us do so much. Jorge, Daniel, my brother, Diego, Caitlin, Chance, Becca, Micheles, P-Funk, Jessica, Cam, Salar, even Peanuts in the building today. Allie, Cousin Ray, Goldie, my brother Pitt, Mark Carnes, Chris Franquino, Jennifer, Erica, and good old Elvis. Thank you guys all for doing what you do. Blue, you just asked Matt a great question about growing, and Blue comes from a growing family. So uh, how do you guys growing out there, and what are you guys doing out there with it? Yeah, so um, I'll be very careful with what I say here because it's certain legal reasons, but I'm familiar with some friends of mine that um, generally are doing a lot of gorilla growing. So you go find a patch of out bush somewhere, you sort of improve the soil and you sort of throw some stuff out there and hopefully that sort of stuff goes on. Throw some seeds and see what happens. See what happens. Yeah, it's kind of old school in that sense. Now, then you move over to guys that are a little bit, you know, mum and dads. So (laughs) it's surprising. You'd be like, most people would be shocked to just realize how many conventional Australian families have a weed plant in their backyard. Sure. Like people are just like, we want a bit of fun. We want a bit of peace and love and we just want to chill out sometimes. So maybe we just do this. So we've got that going on there. And then there's obviously, you know, fairly enhanced grow operations that people are doing on the black market side of things. And and traditionally this is all black market stuff. Um, Then once we get over to the, the, you know, the lighter day side what we're looking at is guys are doing a lot of um hydroponic growing there is some um outdoor grows but largely you know i don't think they're producing high-end quality stuff because i don't think they've got all their their um minutiae down pat yet i think they're still trying to use a lot of horticulturalists to grow weed in in australia as well and and my opinion and, and correct me if you're wrong but i mean i think there's no better person to grow weed than a stoner yeah like we find every little thing you need to do to make it better because it's it it's, well it, yeah. it, it, it someone that's grown you know it, like horticulturists are growing in a in a manner that they know how to grow a plant which is amazing and and probably will be groundbreaking later 
um, but still they have many years to catch up from the guy that's been growing his entire life yep. and and so even you know just on this plant i mean because someone else i feel like it's like that playbook that when you know like you go to college and then you end up realizing you don't use any of the college the stuff they taught mm -hmm. you yeah it's just the real life you know um uh, the real life experience. everyday experience that you have is what ends up being what you kind of uh yeah. you use you know yeah. and i think that goes with with cannabis and and i um but is there a huge black market out there or yeah. illicit market for that matter that's pretty much the market or it it historically has been now we're you know due to these um clinics popping up where people can get really easy access um that's now going to be the mainstay i believe like in the next couple of years that will be the only way people are doing it because it's not excessively expensive i think it's about what are we doing 150 dollars for 10 grams okay okay and then um versus the black market at the moment if you're on the black market at the moment i know, I know people that are paying 500 dollars an ounce for garbage wow. like Whoa. i'm talking really you know, 500 bucks shit. for an ounce <clears throat> yep and it's wow. pressed and, and it's bricks and it's dry and, and it's, it's so bad yeah and, yeah. and is, is there are they opening you know the we're calling them dispensaries clinics whatever do they have a lot of illegal clinics too there are people just popping up and opening or yeah not uh, not that i'm aware of yet and there hasn't been any real sort of um i guess expressions of that from the media either like they've normally mm -hmm. the ones to jump on that one pretty quickly so we haven't seen as much of that sort of thing there's you know increase to um consumption events and things like that so that's obviously bringing a little bit more of the black market out into sunlight there um but again because it's australia so you know any consumption event is heavily police subscribed yeah and so you know oh, they actually have consumption events out there in australia they do have them from time to time it's a grassroots move, move, movement type thing so they like do. a concert or is it just a gathering what kind of things it, it could be anything sometimes good, they good just vibrations go, baby good vibrations yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely um up in a little oh. uh stoner town or not stoner town a hippie town called um nimbin <gasps> they oftentimes they'll have their mardi gras which is entirely around weed Nice. that's just what they do and it's it's all this old school movement you know kind of like the old vietnam veterans when they're talking about yeah. weed and they're like oh man back in the day we had these weaker genetics but we could never get the thc level or whatever they're discussing all these new topics and plans and ideas and saving genetics and stuff like that so it's really exciting time for us in australia as far as that goes i think there's a lot of work to be done and it's probably going to be a pretty big uphill battle but i think in the end we'll get there is it decriminalized yeah sadly no no. Um, there are places, I think the nation's capital, it's decriminalized. Um, but Interesting. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Surprising, Interesting. hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then in saying that too, you know, you can't, you can grow your plants, you can't buy from people, you can't sell to people, but as long as, you, if it's just you growing, that's fine. But everything else is considered. Can you give it to people for donations? Uh, I mean, the, it'd be tough, is, yeah. Yeah, because this is what we ended up doing. I mean, we had a very similar system happening was Proposition 215 doing business as a mutual benefit organization. And a lot of times it would say, you know, hey, buy this, you know, T-shirt, this T-shirt and you get a free quarter ounce of this you know gotcha. the t-shirts 150 dollars. <laughs> actually that's how i bought it when i was in washington last time was just right. walked in there got some life advice and a free gift so yeah life cool. advice <laughs> yeah 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 literally gave you some life advice huh? yeah. It's yeah perfect yeah how great is it? what are you selling advice advice yeah. 150 bucks i'll turn around that thing's gone that's no big yeah, deal. yeah. guess what it is what look both ways when you walk out of here yeah. and take this with you yeah.
That's Every, 150 bucks. Is this your bucks first worth. time? Yes. Here's the same pitch. Yeah. Is this your second time? Here's the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look up and down yeah, this time. Looking at the script, right got 100, 100 different scripts. Oh, <laughs> That's man. funny. That is yeah. great. Matt, I got to ask you, you got all these other companies that you're doing. We said uh, Good Vibes, Inc., My Broken Soldier, Hope, By Cloud, and Emerald, Emerald Prospective. It, perspective what are these different things that you're doing out there yeah okay so we'll start um working down the list so um good vibes inc is essentially the conceptual idea behind what we want to run our cannabis business as so that will also include part of the next answer which will be part of hope um now my wife's a pretty clever cookie she's big in software design and engineering and she's um, essentially put together some conceptual stuff as far as how we get veterans and veterans families to create a network how do we make sure that they've got the services they need and we need it all to come to one door um, and that's what's come down from our cdf our chief of defense force he said he wants a one door option where people can get access to the community for themselves they're verified because obviously we've got our you know um, pm keys numbers etc and then it's also going to be open for dependence of the veteran so what we find there is that when the veteran has a really um a really stable home life their capability goes on and on and on like the duration of operations they can sustain is far greater simply because they don't have to worry about all that garbage happening at home so if we have the family supported then they can support the veteran the veteran can support getting the job done and that's how I like to view it. So part of hope was to try and get all the various, um, I think you guys call them VSOs. Right. Yep. Into, you know, one room or the major ones anyway and say, guys, like, we need to do better. We need to, you guys are getting all this government funding. You're not doing anything with it. We're not sure where it's all going either. So we need to come together and try and get this sorted. Um, unfortunately, you know, with, a, I guess, a lot of our ESOs, it tends to be fairly status driven. You know, it looks really good on paper if you've had, a, you know, a, if you've been the CEO of, say, RSL Australia, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, they'll put that big ticket item, then they'll move on to a, a better paying job sort of thing. So from that perspective there, it's really disheartening because we've got money that's just sort of trickling out. These guys have hundreds of millions of dollars in their coffers. And it's the idea of like, well, we, we're saving it for you guys. Well, we fucking need it now, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I've right got, now? you know, friends that are barely homeless sort of thing or, you know, guys that aren't eating and stuff like that. And we're like, give the money to them. Like, let's get it done. And they're just dragging their heels because it, it then becomes more political and it's about their option. They want their option not to be a collective group. They don't want to think tanks option. I mean, the first thing I said to them, to these sort of guys was, we shouldn't be running this. You understand that, right? Like, you've got... 500 million dollars in your coffers that's not what this is supposed to be that that money is supposed to be spent regularly right so as far as confidence in people administrating this we're like no way we need some better oversight and we need to set a standards or a board or something like that in order to be able to start to go hey if you are going to claim money from the government in order to support veterans then we want an exact account of exactly where it's going not Oh, it's support programs. Which is really, it's really sad because, you know, you, you, you're right. You should be bringing in CEOs, CFOs, people that can operate, that, that know how to operate and distribute it towards hiring really good people to making sure that the right people receive the benefits that they need yeah. versus just saying, well, we're taking care of it. We're holding on to it, this and that. And then, you know, you, you've got, I, you know, the wrong people probably operating it you know and so that's one of the biggest missions you guys are after right now 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I guess I don't know how it is over here, Brian, but I know for us, you know, we've still got this history of um, aristocracy from the British Army, where people could pay for commissions and things like that. They, you know, that's how it was done. Back, you know, we're talking back. We, we took care of that back in 1776. Sorted out. Don't God worry bless about you, sir. That. <laughs> Goddamn America. Oh, I, I think it's phenomenal. No, no taxation without representation. God yeah, damn. No taxation God without damn. representation. <laughs> um, so, from that perspective, there, like, you know, what we're looking at is. Um, sorry, guys, I get a glitch yeah, in with my the brain every aristocracy. now. Aristocracies. Aristocracies, yeah. So, we still got a lot of that sort of mentality behind us where we sort of. You know, don't feel necessarily fully comfortable unless somebody's there telling us how things need to be. Mm. And so that, that obviously is going to short-term everything else. It's just going to degrade its ability to be effective. And the other company, that's the software house, but what about Emerald Perspective? Oh, yeah, cool. So um, we met uh, the owners of Emerald Perspective, um, me and Christina, um, on a trip we did around the U.S. in uh, 2019 with my family. And just bumped into them through jiu-jitsu we train we train all over the world whenever we can um met them through the school and then um, got to talking to them very very similar sort of mindset you know they've had corporate jobs before so they fell in line with my wife because she's worked corporate for 20 odd years before she started to do more contract work so they sort of gelled and then obviously i'm a weed enthusiast so that sort of all blended in well and then they said like let's let's start to collaborate guys like let's start that so Ideally, once everything goes well, you know, I think if we can bring their model for, for the shop fronts, if it becomes that way in Australia, then that'd be beautiful too. You know, my goal is to fully like, I think what Brian's doing here at the moment with research and with Battle Brothers and everything like that, I'm like, Jesus, I just want to be the Brian <coughs> Buckley of Australia. Sure. You know, like, why not just start getting action done? And that's what he does here. That's what's been so impressive about Brian from the first time we met him, everything he says about, and then even what he does in his walk and trying to go to this congressperson, that congressperson, making things happen. And one other company that I've seen some things on uh, IG about too is ByCloud. Yep. What is ByCloud? Yeah, so ByCloud's a it's, it's really fun time for that company there. So um, on our, where I live at home on the ranch, we've got multiple dwellings and we lease them to people that need help or whatever so there's a, a lovely um brazilian lady on one side and in the other side where i built a gym one of my mates decided to hit me up and say hey you've got a loft space there i want to live in it i'm like do you want to live in my gym at home and he goes yeah he goes i'll pay you 250 bucks a week i said sold yeah <laughs> you can have it so um <laughs> so we've got like um them living there and and he came to my wife one day with an idea and she said we're looking to make software and you're a person who knows how to make software and she goes well it's a little bit more than that just saying like yeah. oh you know how the ones and zeros right no not quite but what she assisted them doing was to develop this whole pathway and essentially what it is is it's empowering individual people to be able to understand their investment process of real estate okay so nine times out of ten in australia what we've got is we've got a really difficult banking system where they're constantly asking you oh we need three months worth of pay slips and we need this and that. No, I don't know what your system's like over here. Very similar. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it becomes super prohibitive, but then a lot of people don't even know that they have capacity either. So, and I guess one of those things is when you don't have the understanding of the information of what you're trying to tackle, it's really going to hamper your ability to be able to um, strategically, you know, come up with a solution for it. So we said, guys, we need something here that's going to let people you know, leverage their, their tech that they've got in their pocket 
and make it so that they can start to achieve what we considered was the Australian dream, was owning your own house. Um, and so we'd like to produce that for everybody, including, you know, veterans, obviously. And it's, uh, it's aligned with um, different veteran causes as well for the company for when we go live. But it's a one-stop shop. So you come on, put yourself on the platform. What you do is you can upload any of the information you want. It can take um, source files from your banking system as well. So it's always understanding what you're doing um, and where your financial situation is. The idea then is it'll be able to curate potential properties and things like that that will be able to then roll into a purchase for somebody to allow sure. them a little bit more freedom of opportunity and Understand stuff like that. Understand it completely. So um, for us, that will just, and then they'll start push push notifications like, hey, your, your lending to value ratios, such and such, maybe you want to consider just getting another one because we're going to have a tax liability here. So in the six months since they've really started going hard, the business partners, they've since put on a, a legals division. So we handle all legals completely for the company, but also for all the investors. Um, we do all the contracts, we do all the conveyancing, they do all the, the um, site plans, DP checks, whatever you need. And they've just brought in their finance wing as well now. So what a brilliant idea. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's going to work globally yeah. hopefully <laughs> yeah. hopefully that's the plan like sounds like it right like oh yeah, yeah i mean you know, i mean everybody <clears throat> you know uh, you're right so the guy that doesn't understand real estate that doesn't and i i can only understand this because you know years ago i've had to go through this right you know you just want to go buy a house and you're just like oh but you know you can't show this much or you can't show this or where's that and you're like well i have the money like here the money's yeah. here like but no but we need to see this and we need to say so <clears throat> you have to learn that Right. Yep. And so you're saying basically this kind of dumbs it all down and says, boom, 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 boom. Your money's coming from here. This is how much you, your, your debt to owe ratio yep. is. And, and you're qualified to buy a house at this level. Now you've bought that. You're no longer qualified. But as you continue to work, pay off that house or get more investments or whatever it is, it'll also ting. You got another one. Yep. Now you have a tax bracket. You can do it here. This is probably the optimal time to purchase and move forward. Spot I, on. I love that. What's that called? So that's by cloud. Wow, that's an yeah. amazing. That yeah. that right there's a, a you know a slam dunk. I mean, are, are they privately owned right now? Yeah. Yes. Nice. Did you guys raise all the money for that? So uh, no, the the well, I didn't personally, luckily, because that wouldn't be my game. I'd probably just want to go out and put on horses, to be honest. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be behind right. pony. That's the pony. Um, but yeah, no, the the boys have been working their guts out. They um used some um, what do you call it? I guess high school associates they had that were still um, you know friends with them mm -hmm. and they just started to tack down where they could get some VC capital from and um, essentially somebody came to the party with a, a good amount of money that's allowed us to nice. roll into a, a prototype build and then it's it's about the launch now which is wicked good um, you know you had like I think three months build time in total which for the software industry is super unique like normally it'd be you know it can be months and months and months of build time for anything particular but this one's three months and it's it's stable and solid so we're really excited Nice, like Matt. Let me cool. ask you, now that Bye. you're in California, and I know you came out to Hall of Flowers, how is the weed different out here? Oh, options, bro. Options. <laughs> you guys have got all the goodies. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, again, yeah, you know, you guys are perfecting the market. You know, the, the level of, of quality that you guys are producing is exceptional. Strength-wise, you're definitely beyond us there of what we can do. I mean, most of, the, you know, these friends would buy genetics from the US or from you know Europe and then once they turn up then we can start planting out stuff so we can get some good variety in Australia instead of just random bushweed yeah um, and so now we can start to control 
you know, all the variables so that we're starting to produce up around this, you know, late 20s, early 30s sort of percentage wise. Don't fall into the THC trap like we did. Gotcha. I mean, that's all marketing. I mean, I literally smoked a 15% pre-roll that knocked me on my ass. Yeah, I okay. couldn't move it because yeah, it wasn't over 20%. And, uh, okay. So people go and they look at like beer. They're like, oh, it's 8.7% alcohol. That's got to be the best. Like, oh, wow, that has... I mean, you're seeing flour with like 41% THC, which yeah. is like physically impossible for the plant to do. But you got to do that to keep up with the market. Gotcha. And I mean, it's legit. It's all through testing and all that stuff. But that's all people are obsessed with. And it's like, no, it's a whole profile. The terpene profile, that's how the medicine gotcha. works. And California just totally doesn't matter. What's your THC percentage? And that's it. Yeah, so, right. Okay. Remember, like the entourage effect, all that stuff. I mean, that's one thing that kind of got away from us here in the state, I think. That's good insight. Yeah. And anything else? We want to do the high five with him because you're uh, from Australia. Yeah, I want to do. We yeah. like to ask. This is our first time asking anybody from Australia the high five questions. So okay. how old were you the first time, Matt, you smoked weed and where'd you get it from? Um, to be honest, I was 17 the first time and literally just a kid at school had some and I grabbed it and we decided we were going to, me and my friends were going to be super cool and spend the morning and just see what we we're going to do and laid on a couch yeah. <laughs> laid on a couch a and I was like couch lock, huh? I don't know if I'm having this much fun maybe I'll just go with uppers then and so then nothing for until <laughs> my 30s and then 30s I was like oh this is what I've been needing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah question number two of the high five what is your favorite way to use or smoke cannabis uh yep so I generally um will in the evening vaporize with a uh, mighty I prefer that to, for the nighttime but um during the day if I need to measure small doses then a vape pen is really really handy sure. for that um, and then in the morning, I get really good relief of a one-to-one -one oil. Um, so I just take, yeah. take that and that just, I just coast along on that. It's not a problem. And, um, yeah, I find that to be sort of pretty, pretty helpful. Nice. Nice. Uh, what is your, excuse me, question number three, craziest place you ever used or smoked cannabis? Allegedly, I may have smoked cannabis in Old Town Albuquerque's police station. But don't yeah. tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Town Albuquerque. Police huh? station. Yes, in the station. What yes. the hell were you caught up in there for? Uh, so, okay, it's, <laughs> it's a super innocent story. My daughter was really busting to go to the bathroom, and I was like, where's there a bathroom? I said, the police station, they're going to at least point me in the direction. Walk in there, and she goes, you guys can use the bathrooms here. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to smoke weed in this bathroom. And so I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's a loop, baby. Wow. <laughs> Question number four of the high five. What is your go-to munchie after you get high? Oh, all right. So I got this thing going on and my wife laughs her ass off at me for it. And I'm, I get really annoyed about it. I actually sleep eat. So as weird as that sounds, but I get messed up and then I have an active night. I'll go, th I'll punish a loaf of bread and cheese and that's it. Like really? Nothing special. Just, just sandwiches. Toast or just straight? Just, 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 yeah, just bread and cheese. I don't know why. I have no idea. Sure, there's something ticking in the back of my head's going, this is the gremlins you're not dealing with. The but, gremlins. you know. <laughs> it's like a, it's like the werewolf, werewolf mode. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes yeah. It just, you don't know what happens. You wake up in the morning, there's just bread and cheese everywhere. Yes. Like, what happened here? You know, I used to sleep eat a root beer floats back <laughs> oh, in the day when I, was, when I was 350 pounds. And I'm not kidding. Like, I'll never forget my fat ass waking up at like 3.30 in the morning. Like, yeah. God, I want to and I just walked downstairs and yeah. like made a quick little damn and went back to sleep. I've been falling into that trap. Like I'll wake up about like midnight. I have to go downstairs and eat like chocolate. 
Really? I don't know what's sweets. going on. It's yeah. been like the past two weeks. So I'm like, no way. I'm trying yeah. to stop myself. It ain't happening. Yeah, no, you're just doing it. Well, you don't look like it's getting too much yet, so that's good. Question number five of the high five, Matt from Australia. Thank you so much for coming on here. But if you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I'd say probably Napoleon Bonaparte. No. Well, I was about to say Napoleon Dynamite. But I was going to say Dynamite be sick too, though. <laughs> I'll go down for that too. Equally good, but different reasons. Why, why this Napoleon? The... It just struck me as an idea that was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> like a little man just loaded up on weed and just... He could have used charged. it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He might have made some better decisions yeah. at some stages. Like yeah, conquer yeah. Waterloo. That was a bad call. Yeah. Waterloo, <laughs> that's right. That's the Waterloo. Yeah, that was it. Just wind him up and set him off. There yeah. we go. See <laughs> what happens. He'd be like, I can't pick my forehead off the dirt. <laughs> Anything that we uh, forgot before we let you get on out of here that you want to say? No, you guys have been exceptional. I just appreciate the option and coming on the show here and appreciate Brian, obviously. And yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate hey, it. Hey man, thank you so much. We appreciate you as well. Thank you. Awesome. Well, there it is, guys. It's Cannabis Talk 101. And remember this, if no one else loves you, we do. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.